Welcome to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped to get off. And the gentleman that is sitting down on this chair right now, on this sofa in New York City, is a porn model and a, a content creator, fisting bottom extraordinaire, bottom extraordinaire, Apollo Fates. How are you? Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to have you on. Uh, funny, I, I think I mentioned... Uh, in our text messages, how somebody had just asked me to interview you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's pretty funny you're saying that because I am trying to get him to do a scene. And if he does a scene, absolutely going to have him sit down. So welcome. How are you? I mean, honestly, I'm having a great time. Yeah. This is my first time in New York. And, uh, you know, weather's not as bad as I thought it would be. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little chilly, but I might feel like my attire is ready for it. Yeah, I feel like, you look good. This is very, very uh, fallish New York. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. It, it does not work in Los Angeles. <laughs> let me tell you something. But I get cold very easily, so yeah. I kind of have to bundle up anyways. Well, I'm glad. And you got some snow. You yeah. Some snow. Oh, my God. The lady on the street, she, she was like, I was like, oh, my God, it's snowing. The grass is like iced over. And she was looking at me like, yeah. That's what happens when it snows. <laughs> That's what happens when it snows. And I'm like, mama. Yeah, off camera. I asked you and you said, this is your first time seeing snow in person. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you are moving to New York or no? You know what? I have been thinking for a while about moving out of California, but I think if I'm going to stay in the States, I need to check out Chicago. I know it's cold. I know it's like everybody says it's like the worst in the winter and spring. And I'm like, you know what? I totally get it. Mm. But... Biggest fisting community yeah. in the United States is in Chicago. So you got to check it out. I have to. Okay. Like be, I have to do my due diligence before like just picking up and moving because all I've ever known is California. What area of California did you grow up in? <laughs> okay. Pomona, West Covina, Hacienda Heights, Rialto, uh, Orange County, uh, Compton, oh. uh, Koreatown, and uh, downtown. Uh, a couple others. Uh, Azusa, Baldwin Park. God, okay. So yeah, you, yeah. You've been all, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So right. whenever people tell me like, "Hey, where are you from?" I'm like, "The Greater Los Angeles area." <laughs> okay, that's a good way to answer it. <laughs> what about growing up though? Like when you were a kid, where where did where did you spend, or or better yet, where did you spend most of your time? You know, it's it, it's funny, and we're gonna probably get a little deep here, but um, I was a foster child. Okay, so I spent most of my time like hopping from house to house. That's why I lived in so many places. Okay. So I didn't, I don't really have anywhere that I would go. Like I was very like, it felt like a bird in a cage, right. Mm -hmm. You know, where I was kind of just dangled in front of people like, Ooh, look at this pretty little bird. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he's fucked up. Give me money for him. Like that's kind of how it felt for most of my life. So all I really knew for a grand majority of my life was like a bedroom. Cause that's where like I was confined to a space and that's it. Wasn't really allowed to go outside. Didn't really have friends. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I value my friends that I have now so heavily. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much of a place where I like spent a lot of time. Do you mind if we go into it? No, please go okay. ahead. I don't think I've ever actually met somebody that's grown up as a foster child. Mm. What is that from, from what you can share with me? What is that? What is that like? What is, what does it feel like? What, for people who don't know, and I think uh, this is something that should be talked about more often, is that um, 
most people don't do it be out of the kindness of their hearts. Okay. It's uh it's very cruel and bitter. And um you have people who will do anything to make you sound like you are the worst child on the face of the planet. And because you are the child, people do not believe you. Um, I went to an insane asylum three times and they knew me by name. They knew me by name. The lady, the black lady at the fucking counter taught me how to play dominoes. Like I knew her and we would play all the time. I wasn't actually crazy. Like the thing was, if you get the pet team, that's what it's called, Mm -hmm. called on you, they take you regardless. And then you're put into an institution for a couple of months. And it's kind of dehumanizing because they take away everything, everything. Does this happen because they report a certain kind of behavior or they get you out of the the situation that you're in entirely? It's a little bit of both. It it depends because the first time... The first time was the only time that I can say I was I really should have been admitted. I did try to commit suicide uh, when I was a kid. I was like seven years old. And I tried to just choke myself on a chair. Teacher caught me. Saw that I had written like really nasty things in the back of my notebook. And it got pretty bad. But, you know, that's kind of what happens when you grow up in foster care. People just treat you like shit. Did you know your parents? Yeah. I have. I know my mother. Okay. Um, I have my biological parents. I went to live back with them when I was 13, which... Wasn't any better. No. Honestly, I, I was probably even worse. Um, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, when you grow up in foster care, like one of the things that I remembered is that they would, they, they took me to the doctors because they said I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And the doctors, a psychi- uh, psychiatrist diagnosed me with ADHD. And because I have ADHD, you get more money from the government because I'm, I'm a problem to child. So they have to have find people who are more willing to take care of this child. So they give them more money as the incentive. So when I first learned of like Ritalin and how much of a zombie you can be turned into by medication. And honestly, it wasn't for me. Like I, I made a pact with my older brother and sister who were a part of the foster care system with me that we would never let anybody um, tear us down that way again. And we were, we were bad kids after that point. Did you move with them? Was it like a package or? Primarily until I was seven. Um, you know, we're siblings. We fight and do stupid things. Mm-hmm. Um, the catalyst for them separating us was one time my sister and I, we got, um, we would get an allowance. This is the one house that actually gave us a fucking allowance. Oh my God. We would go on Sundays to the fucking corner store and grab just silly things to like you know candy treats whatever have you um and it was funny because the clerks they knew us because we used to like i used to be a really good thief like it was bad like i would go we would go in with a shopping cart and we it would come out full and nobody would ever catch us but you know eventually i learned like you know that's bad you know money you can buy things i'm like okay cool um but we would go and we bought like hershey bars this one weekend and we decided to make pancakes Hershey filled pancakes Yum. and I was like oh this is delicious so we made my sister we make it and uh, I forgot why we left the kitchen but we left the kitchen and my older brother took the plate of the food we had just made locked himself in his room and ate it and we were so mad like we were banging on the door like I was like 
full on shoving, like shoving myself yeah. into my sister had a knife and she was carving at the Jesus door. Lord. We were mad. Yeah, yeah okay. We were Hershey mad. pancakes. Yes. I, I mean, we were also kids, mm-hmm. right? And um, they saw that as like a gross act of violence. And so they separate. And my brother was part of like, not, he wasn't necessarily a gang member, but he was affiliated because he hung out with all the, the older teenagers mm-hmm. who were affiliated. And so, you know, he got, he was very much out and he would sneak out and do all these bad things. And then, you know, he was very physical. Um, I don't blame him. You know, you know, he's a victim of his surroundings just as me and my sister were. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he tries really hard to apologize nowadays. And I tell him, you don't have to, we're, you know, we're cool. Like I've, I've forgiven you. I've moved on. But, um, they moved us away from him and then they separated my sister and I for arguing so much. So at the age of seven, we kind of all went in different ways. How did you guys keep in touch? We didn't. You didn't we just, we would it. just go whenever my mom would pick us up to go, uh, see her like for our monthly visit. That's so, when we would so you had a monthly visit with, with your mom mm-hmm. throughout this entire time mm-hmm. you were able to, do you mind if I ask why they took you guys from your mom? Um, the story is very complex and I don't know like all the bits and pieces. However, my father, my biological father was, um, he was doing a lot to just get by. And, um, my grandma detested him like a lot. Okay. She, Your maternal grandmother? Yes. Okay. She, um, she did not like him. And my mom was like, obviously head over heels for him. And he started selling drugs mm-hmm. to like provide And then my mom started selling some and then she did some and that lady who intervened for our case Mm -hmm. did not like my mom. She, the lady was very, she was sterile, so she couldn't have kids. And my mom was on her third child, me. And she, she found all these things out on my mom and like the catalyst was my sister, like her foot got run over by a car. And, um, And then they saw her as like gross negligence from the parents. And they took my brother when he was four, my sister when she was two, and me as soon as I was born. So I thought it was perfectly normal uh, to have multiple sets of parents until I was like five. Like no idea that you were just supposed to have one set. By the time you were five, how many did you have? Do you think? I don't remember. Honestly, the it's so blurry. But I think at that time it was like four for at that time. And we had just been released from one of the houses that my brother and sister say was the absolute worst house we ever lived in. I can't remember. I was too Mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys are able to talk about it now. Like when you guys Mm -hmm. get together, you're able to, Mm, not necessarily. We all cope in our different ways. Okay. I feel, and I know they'll say otherwise, I feel like I'm more comfortable talking about things. Like I feel like I can openly state things because out of the three of us, even though a lot of bad things did happen to me, like they weren't as bad as what happened to them. So Mm -hmm. I can understand why it would be difficult for them to talk about. Just to kind of in the same boat, but when did you, when did you come out? Uh, that, um, so I knew I was gay from the first thought. I had like, I just knew I liked guys. It was never, it was never like an issue for me. And I Mm -hmm. never thought anything about it until like my brothers started teasing me about like, Oh, you're gay. You're a faggot. Like you like dick. And I was like, okay. And like, I I didn't know like as a kid, but, um, I didn't know how like negatively was looked down upon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was going to ask, 
um, if you knew while you were in the foster system? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like I definitely knew by the age of six that I was gay and, um, I didn't come out until much later. Um, I had moved home when I was like 13 mm -hmm. back to my biological parents and my uncle who I confided in, um, he told my mom that I was gay because I wouldn't wash the dishes for him. And I know that sounds insane, but I come from a family of nine and I'm the third eldest. My mom likes to have our uncles and cousins over and everybody's always at our house. Mm -hmm. So both the sinks would be full and the entire countertop. I kid you not. And I just, I couldn't like, even to this day, I'm like, I know I'm dirtying dishes and I know I'm stacking them, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to clean them. I just refuse. It's like the grossest thing. But yeah, he outed me to my mom and she beat me really heavily that first night. I remember wallowing in a corner and crying because I didn't know how to respond. Mm. Crazy. She took me out of my room. I wasn't allowed to see my little siblings because she thought I was. Uh, I was escorted to and from school. I was not allowed to have any friends. And um, my little brothers and sisters could do anything they wanted to me. And it would not matter. Hmm. Like they could steal my things. They could break stuff. They could force me to do whatever they wanted me to do. And I would have to do it because my mom would make me. Why do you think, why do you think that was the case? And I only ask, what, what's your background? I'm Salvadorian. Okay. I'm Salvadorian and Honduran. Okay. So there's like a lot of like religious stuff, but my mom's not religious. She could claim all she wants, but she doesn't go to church. She doesn't practice. My aunts, they practice. They go to church. My mom does not. My mom is very much of a hypocrite. She, she likes to dangle things over people and as like a way of like having control mm. over them. And in my day-to-day -day life now, she holds absolutely nothing over me. And so she constantly just begs me to come home and see her. And I'm like, mm. I'll see you when I'm ready. Because as much as I've forgiven her and, you know, she's my mother, she's the only one I'll ever have in my life. I don't agree with the things that she's done. Yeah. The only reason I, I brought that up was because um, I had a harder time. I came out, I knew very similar to you, I was about six or seven. Mm-hmm. And I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it was because of Batman and Robin. Is it Re Batman Returns? Is it the one where Robin had the nipples? No, that's Batman okay. Forever. Okay, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm going to age myself here. I'm talking about Batman, like the old Batman. Because when I was growing up, they would put that on TV. Mm -hmm. And Batman or Robin had like these tights, like these small right, like the green, shorts. the green yeah. tights. And I remember thinking, wow, he's really, really hot. And I remember knowing that that wasn't what people did. Like, that wasn't what little boys did. They didn't watch men on TV or anything like mm -hmm. that. But then I came out when I was 15 or 16. I had a boyfriend. And my father was more accepting. My mother was the rough one. My mother was the one that I had. Like, it took her eight years, I think, to finally be, like, cool with it. And I asked because of, because you're Latino, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I'm curious if, if you had the same situation when it comes to that, mm. do you think it was, cause we talked a little bit off camera about like toxic masculinity. Yeah. And that runs rampant in the Latino community. It really <laughs> does. Yeah. Here, the, the thing that I don't understand. Um, so my dad is, has never been in the picture ever. 
not even a, I have never met him in my life. Mm. I know his name and I've seen a picture of him. Don't care. Whatever. That, that, that's like, eh. but my mom, before she had my older brother, who was the first, um, was with a man and, uh, he is all of our dads. Um, my mom has had multiple kids through multiple men, but, um, this one guy has stuck around the entire time. He is still with my mom today and he loves her, but she cannot, she's just so, Mm. she just can't, she can't bring herself to do it. Like she, she'd be doing the dumbest things wild. I'll tell you a little bit about it later, but, um, he was so quick to accept me. Didn't even bat an eye. He was like, Mm. so he's like, okay, cool. Pass me that beer. I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's cool. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. It really, really does. It does. But then to see how negative the response was from my mother, Mm -hmm. it tore my heart apart. My experience is the reason why I don't believe in God. (laughs) Because, uh, my mother is salt of the earth. Um, beautiful woman, uh, did her job, raised her kids, you know, just, you couldn't ask. She was more a mother than a wife. Mm -hmm. So to see her torment herself over what she could have possibly did wrong because her son was gay and saying that God was punishing her destroyed any kind of religious belief I had in my system. Mm, I feel you. I don't feel like, I don't feel like that's the reason why I did it, but I know that for me, it was like, as a, as a child, I always questioned like, well, if we're supposed to love everyone, why am I being treated like crap? Mm-hmm. Right. My, um, I know that they're like, Oh, you know, you choose, people would tell me you're choosing to be gay. And I'm like, okay, if that is the case, mm. I choose to be straight. I actually told myself like, I am straight now. I will date women. I will be with, I'll have a girlfriend. I did. I had like a couple girlfriends, you know, I touched the pussy once. <laughs> was it my thing? Inside of it or? <laughs> no, like I kind of like, yeah, I went inside, but it was like fingering. Oh, okay. Right. And like, it was, it was okay. So you're, you're still kind of a gold star gay, I guess. Uh, I don't believe in that. Yeah. But yeah. I like, know, but you know those words. Yeah. 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 Where everyone's like, I'm a platinum gay. I've never touched a vagina in my life. I'm like, good for you, sis. Gold star. Um, but no, I don't, I mean, genuinely, I don't believe in any religion. If, uh, like, I know this is going to sound so bad, but like religion has just been used in so many cases to just spread mm-hmm. animosity and chaos and like hate. And I just don't want to be a part of anything that does that. Mm-hmm. And it's a tool mm-hmm. and it just keeps people in line and I'm right there with you. religion. And this is my full belief. Religion is a man-made predisposition to dumb the masses. Yeah. Because you're quoting a book that you yourself are trying to interpret and you're thrusting your interpretation out into a crowd of people who are blindly following it. Absolutely. And it's a personality based thing too. Cause like, for instance, I'll have my grandmother, my grandmother's religious to high heaven, no pun, but she's all about the book, but she's a nice person. Mm-hmm. You can be a nice person and have faith or religion and you go on your way. You're not bothering anybody. You let people live. If you're religious and you're an asshole, you're going to be a religious asshole. <laughs> like, there's no if, ands, or buts. If you're a hypocrite and you're religious, you're going to be a religious hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, girl, they've made so many movies about it. Yeah. Like, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you feel that way. You know, I, I like to get into this stuff because it cements a little bit about who you are now. Like there's always, I feel like there's always little things that we have mm-hmm. while growing up that make us who we are. There's buttons. In movies, there's, there's, when you have a scene, there's always a button in the scene. And if our life was a movie, there's buttons all along. Right. So I'm curious. Okay, so now you're 13, you're gay, or you, you've come out as gay, or you've been outed as gay. Yeah. What was growing up gay like now? No different than living in foster care, to be quite honest. That's why I was telling you, like, we'd get to that. Like, my mom treated me probably worse because I was gay. But the thing was like this. I had good grades. Mm-hmm. I cleaned. I helped her take care of the kids. I did everything she asked me to do, and it was never enough. And we would we bonded over, like, Smallville and, like, music. Like, I listened to all the 80s music with my mom, and we would, for a moment, it didn't matter that I was gay. And those moments were the moments I clung to, mm. but they were always just so quickly destroyed by the things that she did. Like she didn't stop tormenting me until I left until my graduation of high school. She like the week before I graduated assaulted me over a video game. And by, physically? Physically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She pushed me into a window. Jesus. Yeah, because I, I stole her kill or whatever. She'd been playing too many games with my brothers. But because they were playing it, she got into it. Whole shebang. So but, it sounds your mother was kind of like a friend too. Friend of me. Friend of me. I would say okay. like she wasn't, she wasn't somebody I would ever confide in. Like I wouldn't tell her anything. Like I would help her with her issues and like be there for her and like mm-hmm. to help the house and all that stuff. But I never, I never felt comfortable talking to her. I would never consider her like a friend. Okay. But she's my mother, and I'm thankful to her because that's the reason I'm here, even though she says I'm a mistake, which probably is true. I mean, I gotta have my whoreness from somewhere. <laughs> well, the whore, okay, the whoreness. <laughs> okay. Um, only because you ha- your bag says slot on it, right? It does. My bag <clears throat> literally says slot on it, and I'm like sitting on the fucking uh, the subway. And another lady, she looks at me, she's like, oh my God, I just noticed what your bag says. And I was like, mm-hmm. thank you. Well, what was your first sexual experience as a gay man outside of your graduated, outside of your house? Like you're. I was you're actually, man. I got married immediately to a 65 year old man. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't know that. But I didn't do it because I loved him. And that was the problem. Okay. Why did you do it? It was an escape. Okay. I saw a way out of my home and I took it. I took it immediately. Do you consider yourself attracted to older men? Yes. Okay. I'm very much a daddy's boy. I have daddy issues. If you can't, <laughs> have massive daddy issues. Okay. I, I love well, older see, men. Look, piecing it all together. No, I mean, I, I, I know 100% where every ounce of what I do, I can pinpoint exactly where in my life it comes from. Okay. I've spent a lot of time talking to myself, well, not in that way, but like, no, yeah, I know what you're saying. Kind of just trying to, trying to, coax out the like anger and the the like why me kind of thing and i really sat down like there was one time uh one year where i went through complete depression and i uh had a boombox that my mom's best friend had given me and uh i would turn the music on and i would get a blanket and i would sleep in a corner in a room that was completely empty wow and i would every day i did that for an entire year 
and I just reflected on my life. Why am I here? What do I do? And I told myself that year, I said, I will never, I will never let anybody else ruin my life ever again. I will Jesus. be, I'm a nice person. I will, I refuse to be the evil, cruel person that these other people have been to me. I want to have standards and morality. I want to be able to have people look at me and say, yeah, he's a great guy. And that's like the basis of what I built my personality on. Holy fuck. That's very, that's very introspective. It's very cool because yeah, you're a nice guy on the exterior, but to find out like you don't do shut like, like to want to know who you are is very important. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, they always say like, if you, if you're a millionaire, if you win the lottery or something like that, or if all of a sudden you run into money, everything's taken care of. Your bills are done. You have nothing to worry about. Now you have to actually think about like, you have to be with yourself, mm -hmm. you know, when you don't have any other worries and stuff. And that's what drives people crazy. The fact that they have to kind of live with themselves, who they are mm -hmm. or figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you did this because you wanted to, and then eventually came out a better person from it. That's, that's incredible. I try, like, I will say living in LA and like most of my life, like I do have the um, ideals of like an LA person. Mm -hmm. I, uh, in the sense of that, I am very conscious of the space I take up in the world. Okay. No matter where I am. Uh, like think of it as like an aura, right? Like I feel I'm always hyper aware of what's in my space and how I am in the space provided. And my goal is always to bring positivity and love and compassion to everything I do. It's why my name is Apollo because Apollo okay. is the God of the sun. Sun is bubbly. It's bright. It's something that you look up to. And I want to be that for a lot of people. I want to show like, I've always wanted to talk about my childhood and my past because I want, I want kids mm -hmm. to know, or like even just anybody who went through the same thing I did, like it is okay. I would always recommend people like cry out those feelings. Like I, it's hard because like I'm fighting so much to like not break composure because like it, it is very hard to talk about. Like I've told so many people this story and it just never gets easier. Mm -hmm. But I want people to know like when you see me, when you come interact with me, like don't feel shy. Don't feel like intimidated or anything. Please come up to me. I want to meet you. I want to get to know who you are. Like, that's always just going to be how I am. And, you know, sometimes I may say things wrong. Like, I'm so hyper aware of, like, how I speak, too. Like, I never want to offend people. Mm. But at the same time, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to step on eggshells just to make somebody happy. Like, if you need to be told the truth, I'm going to tell it to you. I'm, I'm not about, I'm not above, like, being, like, sitting somebody down and being like, hey, what you did there was just not okay. But here's, here's why. Mm -hmm. and I'm not offended or mad at you, but I just wish you would, you know, take the time to really think about those kinds of things. Like, that's how I, that's mm -hmm. how I approach people, even when I'm upset, <clears throat> unless you're my partner, because then I will yell at you. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Um, yeah, I don't, there's something, if you're pissed off at somebody or just to relate to you, if I'm pissed off at somebody, I let them know. And then after that, we're cool. The thing is, is you got to hash it out. You got to let it out. You got to make sure that they know manifesting space 
absolutely amazing. I didn't realize that Apollo was your name because of that. It's actually more to that than just that. So uh, the reason I actually chose Apollo um, was for all the other things that he's the god of, as well as a small story that I will tell you right now. Yeah. Apollo is the god of music and the god of archery. I've been singing since I was five, and I own two separate bows that I frequently shoot. Hmm. Uh, it's my favorite weapon of all time, and I'm not like the greatest marksman, but you know, we're getting there. Wow. <laughs> That's really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, uh, what happened was I love dogs, and I, I've always had a dog in my life, and um, I wanted a husky. I still want a husky. Siberian husky? Mm hmm. And I wanted to name him. dogs. Oh, I love them so mm. much. I wanted to name them either Atlas or Apollo, but the dog that I ended up getting and who is still with me now, uh, his name is Sammy. Shebas are douchebags. Just going to say that now. Huskies are, um, there is so much fucking energy and they talk they are, to you they are, and they're, I love they're, them. They're fun. Oh. But, stubborn, but he, fun. he came with a name. His name was Sammy. And so I was like, okay, the next dog I get, is going to be named Apollo. And then I got into puppy play. <laughs> and as I was sitting there with my, um, uh, my boyfriends at the time, mm-hmm. um, they were like, what's your name? What's your puppy name? And we were driving down LA and I was like, I don't know. Like, as I was going through like things, I was like, it's really hard to come up with. Like you start thinking and like, and then you start thinking like generic fucking dog names where you're like a uh, scruffy or mm. like brownie Spike. or spike. Yeah. <laughs> spot. Like, spot. <laughs> and then I giggled to myself and I said, my name is Apollo because I was the next dog I ended up getting. Okay. Well, I mean, we got to break down a couple things. Sure. So you said my boyfriends. Yeah. So, okay. Polyamorous. Polyamory, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Then pup play. Mm-hmm. Okay. But is all of this before we start digging into porn? Yes. It's okay. right. It's right before. Okay. So you discovered pup play. Mm-hmm. They, so the way that I discovered the kink side of me and like pup play was mm-hmm. like my boyfriends at the time, they, um, they had a, we had just finished fucking and we were putting everything away and on top of the closet, they had like a bag, like a tool bag, but the tool bag had toys in it. Mm. And one of them was a butt plug that had a tail at the end. Okay. I've seen that. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, Oh, it's a butt plug with a tail. And I was like, really? What? Like (laughs) why? And they're like, Oh, it's like for puppy play. And I was like, what's that? And then like, he's like, well, I mean, it's a lot, but do you want to try it on? And I was like, sure. And so he like, I mean, I just finished, finished getting fucked. And let me tell you, Greg, bless that man's heart. He has a Coke can size of a dick. Like that shit is huge. And at the time, that was a lot for me. Mm. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, but, um, uh, yeah. So he like, he like put a little lube on it and he started like playing with my one. And he just obviously just went floop, right in. And then I was already on all fours, and so I started shaking my butt, and just felt right, you know. I just felt wiggling the tail, and um, yeah, I found out I was into puppy play, and then from that stemmed all the other, all the other kinks because puppy play was like my first introduction. But like the kinks are just yeah, a wide laundry list of let's, kinks. So let's, let's air some of them out off the top of my head. Mm. My major kink is fisting. Okay. I love getting fisted. I love fisting other dudes. Like if you do it right, it doesn't hurt and it's so pleasurable. Okay. I'm into water sports, chastity, 
Dom Sub, Master Slave, uh, Bondage, Impact Play. Uh, or impact Play? Impact Play is like when somebody like, you know how you see some guys like punching each other while they're like oh, fucking okay. or they're like just like they're beating on each other. Mm-hmm. Like not hard, like, but like yeah. they're like punching their chest yeah. and stuff like that. Or like when somebody smacks you in the face, like that's Impact Play. Okay. Yeah. Uh, degradation and Humiliation. Uh, I like those a lot. Um, what else? There's so many public play exhibitionism. Um, I'm also, I do. I'm also a voyeur. Uh, I like to watch. yeah, I like okay. to watch. And I also like to be the one like being the exhibitionist. Like, okay. I'm, I'm, I like both. You said you can pinpoint a lot of the things that you are into to certain points in your life. Mm-hmm. Can you pinpoint all of those? Yes. Really? Yes. Um, pick one. Gee, okay. Water sports. My older brother forced me to drink a bottle of piss when I was a kid because his uh the guys next door, the gang house, they were like, "Make him do it," and I drank Holy it, and I was like, mm. "Jesus, okay." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no." Okay. Um. Uh, I don't want to get into fisting yet. I want that to be like. Oh my god! Yeah, I know because we're talking humiliation, about degradation. That actually just stems from like how I was treated as a child. Okay. Like I took that and then just reworked it and made it a source of power impact play i would assume same difference along the lines okay mm-hmm. uh dom sub master dom slave sub. yeah dom sub um i've been looked down a lot in my life but dom sub relationships like they do look down on you and it's like a whole like power exchange mm-hmm. that's really hot but there's a sense of care that should come with it let let me tell you guys all if your dom is not giving you aftercare or is not treating you like a normal human being they're not a dom and get out of that situation now i see what you're saying you you derive not not derive but you are claiming or reclaiming this power through all these um Mm -hmm. kinks and fetishes yeah everything everything i do in my life is to reclaim how i felt as a child i feel so i feel actualized i feel self-actualized at this point in my life i know who i am i know what i do i know my faults my flaws and i'm okay with everything that is my life like i've i've gone to the point where i'll say something and i'll say something really mean sometimes because like sometimes i just blow up but i always take that step back and i always come back and you know i I always make sure to apologize for the things that I've done wrong and I make sure to find ways to move forward. Mm-hmm. I just want people to be happy around me. Like I don't want to go somewhere and then people feel awkward, you know? And, and that also comes with like a good sense of, of social cues mm-hmm. because you have to be able to know how you're, you're doing things. What you're putting in, out. In yeah. front of people. Yeah. Because yeah. there are some people that they'll say shit and they'll do shit and they have absolutely no idea how it's affecting the room. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So your relationship with porn. Yikes. Here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> what was your relationship with it's, porn? It's, uh, I will say I'm definitely addicted to porn. When did you start watching porn? When did this, when did this first fascination happen? Mm. It was right after AOL. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no more. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. No, no, bitch. Um, no, bitch. That you made was fun of that, but shit, I went through that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I am 100% sure you would wait like 14 minutes for a JPEG to fucking load G- onto your screen. GIFs. That was the best you can do. I remember when I saw a GIF, I was floored. I was like, what is it's this? It's moving. Yeah, it was a picture that was moving. <laughs> no, um, I definitely got caught watching porn on the computer uh, several times. I think the first time I got caught, I was 14. Um, okay. 
So, a... yeah, it was my uncle Mauricio. He's not actually my, my uncle, but he's like, he, that's what we called him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an IT tech. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm a dumb 14 year old boy who doesn't know that you can get viruses on your computer for going onto <laughs> porn sites. Yeah. So he would like scrub the computer clean and then he'd be like, he would be able to see the search history, like the metadata. Mm. And he was like, oh, it's because somebody was watching porn. Ooh, what kind of porn were you watching? Ooh, what kind of porn was I watching? I think it was daddy boy porn. Okay. Wow. And he, so Mauricio got a, (laughs) he got an eyeful. Probably did. He never really uploaded. Oh no, that's a lie. They did load the fucking pages. My mom sometimes, one time would sat me down and they loaded the really the okay. porn page and they're like what the fuck is this that it i'm like that's hot <laughs> what the fuck is this that's hot i'm like <laughs> Let me... it's not me i promise no nobody else is gay so it's definitely me okay. how does how does your relationship with porn become hey maybe i can do this oh i knew i wanted to do porn since i was like 12 really yeah i wanted to do porn i wanted to this is what i wanted to do Wow. Um, initially, okay. initially, I wanted to be a chef, but I hated the idea that people were expecting me to cook for them. Like, no, I want to. I wanted to cook. Which is because, the whole thing about being a chef. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like it was the expectation for yeah. you to cook for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be a chef, but I wanted to cook for the people I loved. Okay. And that's just definitely not how that worked. And so I was like, okay, and you don't whatever. get paid. You definitely don't get paid as good. You definitely, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Then I decided I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. But uh, as I went through schooling, I realized like, no. So you went through, you went through schooling. You I, started to go through yeah, schooling. Yeah. I'm like, I, it was in high school when I decided I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. because I just realized how people who were doing shitty were getting by so much better than I was. And so I gave up. I see. I gave up for a little while until I got back into college. Um, then I picked up my studies again, but I like my senior year. I kind of let all my grades drop dramatically. And, um, I mean, I still passed, I still, you know, graduated, but definitely found out it wasn't for me. And then at this time, at this point, like I was already watching born, like, so, and I really liked what I was seeing and I thought, I mean, I can do that. What was your first step into, uh, the porn industry? Did you have videos on your phone and shit like that? Actually my first, yeah, I've always had a lot of pictures on my, like, even, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to teach myself. So like sidekicks and stuff like that. Like when you knew you could first upload photos, um, I had like photos of guys all over those little phones and yeah, it was, it was crazy. I would, uh, y'all were probably putting your phones up to boom boxes to like record <laughs> like your ringtone. I was putting it up to the computer to record moans of like mm-hmm. the porn. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah, I remember doing that on these like shitty little phones. Um, I didn't actually start pursuing porn heavily until 2018, 19, I think. Okay. I was always like chastised for being sexual. And I, I don't believe in monogamy because um, I'm very sexually active. But just because I'm sexually active doesn't mean that I'm you know, like a bad person or like trying to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I always, yeah, I cheated on a lot of my partners, but I felt so bad about it. And I didn't understand why I could feel so good about this and then feel so horrible about it. It's like that battle inside mm-hmm. my mind of like, why? 
Then I found out it's just because, no, I'm more of a polyamorous type person. I can love multiple people at one time and it, it fuels my heart and it makes me feel great. I'm an extrovert and I need to be around people. And so being polyamorous just really fits well into that as well. So this helps with, with porn. This helps with being in a relationship with, with your, with your partner, your Mm -hmm. fiance. Yeah. Um, he's not like super, super keen on everything, but, um, he's getting better at it because he is very monogamous. This is one of the points where we, we differ. Okay. And we're like on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So he knows about your porn career. I told him date two. Okay. Because at this point, he was only the second boyfriend I had after I felt like I was self-actualized, where I felt comfortable telling him like, hey, before we start doing anything, I need you to know that this is what I do. I felt so comfortable telling him that. And he kind of, he agreed. He said, yeah, I can handle that. And, you know. mm." You've had your moments. We've had our moments. But he's definitely come around a lot recently and. And I really appreciate him. Sometimes he helps me record too. Like he'll be my cameraman. What? That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool that you guys have gotten to that space. Then. Yeah. I mean, and I, I told him, I told him several times, like, this is the space I want to get to. I want to get to the point where I can tell you, Hey, I'm going to go fuck this dude. Um, I'll be back. And that's... I want you to be able to be like, okay, baby. Like, I'll see you soon. Like, I don't think that's a hard ask, but <laughs> it's me. Right. I had to learn from his side that it is a very difficult mm. ask. Like some people, they can't separate that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like, I feel like if you had said that to me and we were in a relationship, I, well, I mean, granted with everything I've seen and stuff, but putting myself in his shoes too, I would have to bite my lip for a little bit and then eventually like be okay with it. But that's exactly what I think sting, he did. You know, there's a sting and then eventually, yeah, I think that's exactly what he did. And, and, and a lot of our frustrations, early into our relationship it was almost always about sex we don't fight about anything else it's it's rough because you're doing something just like you said you're doing something so you're opening yourself up so much and you're trying to be vulnerable or you're being vulnerable and then sometimes it just feels like you are it's not that it's being taken advantage of or taken for granted but that you're just laying it all out there and then eventually it's not special or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of different feelings. I, I understand what you're saying. I don't believe that. I don't believe that monogamy is we're animals. We're animals. I don't believe that monogamy is the way to go. However, I don't know. There is something I can say that all I want, but then if it, if I was in um, your fiance's shoes or whenever me and my boyfriend talk about stuff, I understand that one person isn't going to make another person completely happy. And by that, I just, you know, and that's what you can make somebody happy, love them and care for them and nurture for them. And, but, but there's, you won't be able to do everything that your partner needs because you are not them. Yeah. Like the only person that would be able to completely satisfy you and your needs is yourself. Mm -hmm. Period. Like rough. I mean, it is. I mean, unless you're fucking lucky, and find somebody who's like identical in all those aspects. But but then how much fun is that? <laughs> I mean, who knows? So real quick, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because mm-hmm. I, I want you to go out there. I want you to enjoy New York and stuff. You're doing fisting porn now. Mm-hmm. You're incredibly popular. 
Surprisingly, I'm, I'm shocked. I know. I, I really said, am shocked. When you mentioned it before, like, oh, wow, people want to hear me talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very happy that you were able to do this. Judging by Twitter followers and stuff like that, social media, fan sites and all that, everything is going is going well for you. You're, yeah. doing, you're doing good and you're enjoying where you are. 100%. Okay. I, I have, this is something I've been wanting to do since I was young. And I'm at the point where I quit my jobs. I was working three different jobs and barely scraping by and always feeling so shitty about like, do I have enough money to buy food? Mm. Like it was so bad. And then one day I finally just told myself like, fuck it. I should be able to do this. I'm going to try. And that was like when only, it was only when OnlyFans was coming out. Like okay. when so- only OnlyFans was out and then the pandemic happened. And then that's when I started getting into it because like I started really um, like focusing on training myself and like figuring out ways to open myself up and mm-hmm. figuring out ways to relax. Like I did a lot of breathing. Like sex is really just a, a lot like as, as the recipient, breath control. Breath control is your biggest friend and your biggest enemy. Hmm. If you if you're contracting and you're moaning and you're like really in that moment and you're not allowing yourself to breathe, you're going to close up mm-hmm. and things will start hurting. You have to remind yourself to breathe. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, and Even, I because in life it translates into life. You have to remind yourself to breathe. Yeah, and and honestly, it's it's literally as simple as that. Like people ask me, "Oh my God, how do I do this easier?" Like da 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 da. They're asking me all these trick tips and tricks about like fisting, and I'm like, I'm like. I can give you tips, but what works for me is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. We are not the same in anatomy. We are not the same in mentality. Mm-hmm. What works for me will probably not work for you. But I tell people the same thing all the time. Like, use toys. Um, toys are your best friend. You. What I did is I had one that I could do, one that was like a little bit of a challenge, and one that I couldn't even think of doing. And... You know, you'd play with the one that you're used to until like, oh my God, like this is too easy. Then you size up. But then sometimes you're like super horny and then you'll like try to size up and it won't happen. But then you get somewhere. Like you start creating that mm-hmm. space, creating um, the, the, the feeling. Your body starts understanding like, hey, this is something he's probably going to do again. You know? Like, I see. It, it's definitely what works. But um, there are very little like tricks to making it easier there's no such thing as easier when it comes to fisting you have to put in the work like that's it like I, and i've actually put a little vi- love video out there because i was so frustrated one day but people kept asking me like how can i do this easily like can you teach me i'm like no i cannot teach you ask other fisting tops the one thing that they hate hearing the most is train me to be a fister nobody wants to do that work for you mm. it is so much work and it's not fun and like as the top, you're getting nowhere. Getting into these conversations, they're raw. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how comfortable it was going to be. That's why I said, it's one thing to see. And this is why I love doing this. It's one thing to see somebody take their clothes off and have sex in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's another to sit in front of you with your clothes on, look you in the eye and try to understand certain things or kind of you know we're sharing space you mm-hmm. know watching you have sex whatever this is the part for me that that i enjoy but i also get nervous about sometimes mm-hmm. so i appreciate it I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to challenge your belief on how you view sex 
because I want you to really think, and, and you as the listener, I want you guys to think of this. When you are having sex, you are, you're naked, right? You're laying everything out there. You are bare to the world. Appreciate who you are and what you have to give when you're naked. Like, I understand that people, like, we all have body dysmorphia. I'm no different. But there are, when I am naked, when I am completely naked and I'm giving myself to somebody else, I'm laying, putting everything out mm. there, putting everything out there. And it, it's, I feel so satisfied and, and like, I feel like my soul is whole because I can accept myself enough to lay myself bare for others. Okay. Next time I have sex, I will do that. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and then I'll just, text you immediately. Like, was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, honestly, and you don't have to do it with like a random stranger either. Like, I think, like, to start off, like, view how your sex makes you feel with mm-hmm. your significant other. Like, with my fiance, anytime that like I'm touching him or like we're messing around or like, I love him. I know I love him. Mm-hmm. I know what love means now because I love him. Like, I never grew up with that emotion. That mm-hmm. uh, it was non-existent, but he can be driving and I'll look r- right over to him and the world seems so much brighter mm. because he's in it. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't think he knows how much I love him, but <sighs> that's beautiful. And I feel like whenever I make it around him and I'm like, I may be, yeah, I have sex with all these other guys, but that never diminishes how I feel for him or like how I put myself out there for him. Like he can touch my hair and all my worries will just lift away. And I feel so much lighter and so much better as a person (laughs) to know that somebody out there actually does care for you in the sense that like they want everything for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we fight, we bicker, you know, we're, we're two different people and like two very different people, might I add, are, are like, the things that we like, we're like dot on, but like when we're different on something, it's like opposite ends of the spectrum. So, I mean, you just, I feel like people should see it that way. Like people should feel like sex is more liberating than they give themselves to. Like so many people are ashamed or like embarrassed of sex and it, it shouldn't be that way. It's, it's such a way to hold power for yourself. And I just think other people should like really think about that when they're going to have sex. Thank you. It's very, very awesome when you get when you get to see people who can take something like tragedy and trauma and stuff and turn it into very positive things and not be one of those stories that you end up hearing, oh, well, you know, well, that's all they can do or this, you know, what figures because of how they grew up or something like mm-hmm. that. You actually enjoy what you're doing and you do it well. I want to let everybody know this right now, everybody who's watching this or hearing this. I do the porn not just because it's something I've always wanted to do, but because I genuinely enjoy it. You come to my page, you pay once. One time, you get the entire library. I don't believe in paywalls. I don't believe in like, oh, like pay, your pay-per-view. Ew, fucking hate that shit. Like, no, I will never do that. It's not me. I'm not here to milk you from your money. Mm-hmm. I'm here to show you how good sex can be as an experience. And your good time. Oh my god! I right, have a you're great sharing a good time. time. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. Fi- like my faces that I make in those super genuine. Yeah, and not only that, I can't replicate them when I'm not getting fucked. It, my face okay. just does yeah, it on its own. Okay. Yeah, and I'm just like, 
sometimes I look at my face, I'm like, okay. When people want to know who Apollo Fates is, where do they go? I'm not a huge fan of social media. I don't have a lot. Um, so Twitter's practically all I use. But I've recently started trying to interact more heavily with my um, my page mm-hmm. so that people know like, hey, I am a person. Hey, I, I value you guys. Because it's true. I do. I do. I couldn't do the things that I do if I didn't have the support from the people. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know I'm like over here sounding all high and mighty shit, like, but it's literally just porn. Um, but it's, it, But it's not. And that's what this is. You're you're right. It is porn, but it's more. Yeah, you are part of it, and our conversation was fantastic. So just think, it's if it was your our conversation and porn, it's fantastic porn. Like there's so much that goes into it. So mm-hmm. it's not just porn. I mean, yeah, but like, what, where I do agree with you, most people that's what they see it. As. Yes, absolutely. Because they don't get they don't get this. So like, I hope people do see this and listen to this because like. It gives so much insight. Mm. Apollo Fates. I have to thank you very much. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Is there anything you want to leave us with? You've left us with a good amount to take in. If message me, send me a message. I, I promise you, I look at almost everything, but yeah, like I, I, all I want to say to people is like, talk to me. I'm, I'm a normal human being. I'm no different than you. And I will never put myself any higher than you. We are all beautiful, wonderful people that inhabit the same world. And the more positivity and love we can spread, the better. Fuck. All right. You've been watching Demystifying Gay Porn. I'm your host, Ike Grande. Demystifying Gay Porn is available on every podcast directory, as well as YouTube. Demystifying Gay Porn is on X, Instagram, Facebook, Telegram. And if you like what you're watching or listening to and want to be a part of the creative process, head over to patreon.com backslash demystifyinggayporn where you can help support this audiovisual podcast and YouTube channel, and I can continue making content like you've just enjoyed. Once again, this is Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers. (laughs) 